Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everybody. Wendy Sellers here with my friend JC. On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing recruiting tips, successful recruiting tips. Uh, And the main hint here is to get organized. We are going to review quite a few very interesting turnover statistics for these costly new hires, as well as turnover statistics for people who leave on their own, so they quit the organization. We're going to talk a little bit about benefits and marketing of these benefits and the company as a whole, compensation research, which is so vital. Uh, We're going to finish up with talking about interview questions that you need to train your managers not to ask. And then finally, a reminder that getting and giving feedback truly is a two-way street. I think it just depends on where, where you come from, like mindset wise. So a lot of executives are, are saying, yeah, I don't care if worked for the past two and a half years and it worked fine. Um, I'm fine with working from home. Not only that is if you get, if you have the option as a business to be able to let your employees work from home, um, you can also save on real estate, right? You can save on all that desk space and everything and, and which is incredibly expensive. Um, but how about you ask your employees what they want, and then you use that for the openings moving forward. Not everybody wants to work at home. I personally love it, but not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to get away from their family. (laughs) (laughs) And then other people just say, you know what, my job or my personality style requires me to be around other people and to be talking and communicating and uh, maybe uh, creative with other people. So hybrid is an option, but you're not going to know unless you ask. Other executives are may be in the mindset that, no, I need to see people next to me in order for me to think they're productive. And I'm sorry, anybody that's listening today, you're wrong. (laughs) You're 100% wrong. Um, If you allowed people to work for uh, two and a half years, I'm just throwing out that number or longer, and um, you didn't fire them, and now you're saying they were unsuccessful or they were not productive, then you're part of the problem. Now, I, I commend you for paying them for two to three years while they were unproductive. But if I was your board of directors, I would be firing you for doing that. <laughs> strong words from a strong woman, the HR lady. Look, in that uh, Gartner survey they went on, they said, uh, well, 70% of employees believe that on-site workers are more likely to be promoted and paid more compared to remote workers as well. And they feel that the preferential tone employees perceive towards on-site workers is directly at odds with executives' own working preferences. Out of that same survey, 94% of executives who whose work can be done remotely want to work remotely at least one day per week. And 24% of those executives want to be fully remote. Interesting statistics right there. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of uh, interesting information. And you know what? I, I love looking at statistics and facts to see what's going on in the world and what the general population is saying. 
Uh, but when it comes to your company, you have to look at, you know, what your employees want and then not just what they want, because we can't just give everybody what they want, right? We have to say what can be done, uh, what truly can be done remote or not remote or hybrid or shortened work weeks. Um, what I want to, you know, turn this around into though, is I want to go back to the job ad and not even the job ad, not even let's go to the job ad yet. I want to talk about, hey, hey, Wendy, uh, I, I have an ad. I have a CPA opening. Can you help me fill it? Yeah. Yes. I'm not putting your job ad up though until we do some research. And that two things, I want to do an intense compensation research so that we make sure that we're paying your new hire what they're worth and what the, what the, um, you know, the community and the compensation, the, the competitors would be paying them. But then you're also going to have to align your other employees in those same roles. So if you're saying, okay, we have a, I'll just say a CPA, cause that happened to be the phone call I got today. And um, we want to pay them X, which is 20% more than we have paid in the past. Well, if you have three other positions in that role, you need to figure out how you're going to increase them too, because um, they're going to find out uh, and they're going to probably walk. So while you get one person, you're going to lose another. Does that make sense? It does. And I do have a question for you in, in this regard. How often should you review your compensation package? How often should you review uh, the marketplace like that? Should it be annual, biannual? It's funny, if you ask me this pre-pandemic, I would say probably biannual is okay, um, or even you know every three years, but no, now I'm saying every year, if not every six months. Um, and, and that's hard, and the bigger the, bigger the company is, um, that, that is uh, time intense, but there are some easy ways around this. Uh, the first shot, so if you're saying tomorrow, we're gonna start doing this, the first time that you do it is going to be incredibly time intense and difficult because you need to go and every job that is, every person that is employed on your payroll, whether part-time, full-time, whatever it might be, they need to have an updated job description. And let's face it, JC, most companies don't update their job descriptions um, ever. If not, even if they, in many small companies don't even have job descriptions, they have a few sentences and that's it. In, I am a huge, huge, huge proponent of having a up-to-date and accurate job description, you, period. You bring something fantastic to the table there. So say we're in the uh, the widget organization, right? And uh, I've got a bunch of workers, varied skill levels, and they all have the same title, floor, <laughs> floor worker, right? And for my, uh, my compensation review, I'm just going to lump them all together. But their skills are vastly different. Sometimes employers allow titles to remain very free form and, the, and they haven't cleaned them up over the years. They, they've grouped them together in very unorganized ways. And then yeah. when you come to your compensation review, you could actually be putting your organization at risk by putting too many people in one bucket yeah. and misaligning that compensation. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I don't want to say people are lazy when they do that, but it, what it comes down to is they might be using that title to bill, a, bill their clients or customers. And so they just keep the, the title vague and so that they can um, bill the highest title or maybe the lowest, depending on their agreements with their customers. 
but it's going to get them in hot water because if you're saying somebody's a production worker, for example, um, but this production worker um, just came out of high school or didn't even finish high school and is there working with zero experience and you're having to train them um, and you're paying them X amount. And then you have this production worker over here who, by the way, has the experience in the industry, in the field for the past 15 years. And is it the one that is actually training everybody? Um, even if you're paying them a little bit different, you can get yourself in some major hot water when it comes to any kind of investigation by like uh, the Department of Labor, for example, if somebody filed a workers comp suit, something like that, racial discrimination, age discrimination. This is where the job descriptions, I really don't care about the titles, although employees do, but the job description needs to be clear that says, hey, 18-year-old person who's starting with us and has no life experience or work experience, this is your job description. Here are the knowledge, skills, and abilities that are required to do this job. Um, here's ones that you have to have, the knowledge, skills, and abilities before you come in. And these other ones we're going to train you on. So don't worry about that. We're going to train you as long as you're capable of being trained, which means you have to interview, you know, for capacity, capability to be trained as well. And most of us don't do that because we're too busy. So the knowledge, skills, and ability is important, but then really clearly outlining what are the employees, the, the candidates, um, soon to be employee, essential work duties every single day. What is their essential work duties? Are they doing this every single day repetitively? Are they doing this once a week? Are they doing this once a month? Um, if they're only doing it once a month or once a, every couple months, then it's non-essential. And that moves to the non-essential work duties uh, area wow. on the job description. And why do we need non-essential work duties? In case somebody wants an accommodation or needs an accommodation for perhaps maybe a disability. And employers have to comply with that. Do they find a way around it? Yep. And that's why they can't find anybody. And that's why they have a bad reputation. I got a question for you on the knowledge, skills, abilities that you brought up there. And uh, when we look at the marketplace, we, we look at the the people that we're recruiting and we're attracting to our organization. If they don't necessarily have all the knowledge, skills and abilities that you're looking for to fill that role, probably would be a good idea that you've got a plan in place for <laughs> that training piece so that it's very clear and understood to everyone that you're interviewing that you're also going to help upskill them while they're with you, that you value your employees. And it could be part of your marketing plan when it comes down to things, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks for bringing that up. Um, it really could be because like we said at the beginning of this uh, of session is that uh, many of the skills that we're looking for just don't exist or very few people have them. So we have to, especially when it comes to technology, because technology changes so quick that the, the individuals just don't have the skills. Nobody out there in the marketplace does, or very rarely do they. And we, ha we should be selling it as, hey, these are the knowledge, skills, and abilities that are required. Um, but by the way, these are the knowledge, skills, and abilities that we're going to teach you. And we have a plan. It's a three-month plan, a six-month plan. Um, if it's a three-year plan, yeah, you're probably not going to retain employees. Now, if it's something well, that requires well, wait, a uh, unless maybe you're paying for their master's degree through that process, who knows? <laughs> I right? was just gonna, I was gonna use PhD, right? There you go, the PhD. Um, yeah, so the master's, the PhD. Um, but let's face it, most of our our uh, 
are skills that are required, especially the newer ones are things that uh, not most of them, but a lot of them you can you can learn. You can learn without having to go to a formal college. Maybe you need to create a college within your company. You know, you can call it the XYZ college or education program or um, whatever it might be. But then you actually Ooh. have to well, dump it. money and time into it. The <laughs> HR Ladies College of Compensation. There it is. <laughs> the HR Ladies College of Common Sense. <laughs> there, oh, even better. Even better. There's your next book title, by the way. Yeah. Well, you're going to be very surprised if you open it because I'm going to first say common sense isn't common. However, I'm going to go on to say because common sense is not a sense. Common sense is a set of knowledge, skills, and abilities that someone has taught us either unintentionally or intentionally. Excellent and then point. when we have a group of people in an area, it becomes a common set of knowledge, skills, and abilities and a common sense. So there's my little, my little uh, information on the common sense thing. If anybody's ever heard me talk before in person or even on a, a podcast, um, that, that common sense word drives me crazy because you really have to think like, well, where did I learn that? Oh yeah. Somebody did teach me that. I didn't just, wake up one day with that skill. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in so far and come back tomorrow to hear the rest of this podcast. So we will be talking more about compensation and sales as a recruiting tool and then interview questions and feedback as a two-way street. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.